Amen. When faced with death, we have a choice to live. Let us take a moment to pray. Gracious God, you are the God of life. You are the giver of eternal life, and we say thank you. Gracious God, wherever we may be, we humbly submit ourselves to you today and worship and praise of you. Gracious God, we thank you for your spirit and your presence, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak into our hearts and our minds and give us exactly what we need for this time in our lives. We thank you and we honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. Okay, so Walter has a uh, microphone because you all know I like to talk to you all and we like to interact. But with people being online and on the telephone, they might not be able to hear you. So if I ask a question, he's going to come over and bring the mic to you. Now, we still with this corona season. He's going to hold the mic. Some of y'all are going to reach out. Don't reach out. <laughs> Walter will hold the mic, okay? <laughs> so, you all know um, this is a new season. Every day we get up to new news reports about the coronavirus. Some people are tired of hearing about the coronavirus. Are you tired of hearing about the coronavirus? <laughs> Amen. It is all day, every day, on every news station. Each day I notice that they have a, a little list to the right-hand side on the screen that says how many people in the world have been affected by coronavirus and how many people have died. So the number keeps growing every day. There are different times in our world where we watch the number of deaths. It's interesting that we do that. I wasn't alive during the Vietnam War, but I know that in the newspapers, they would list the people who died in the newspaper. So different seasons, and when, it, when it's infected, uh, impacting the whole world, we watch death. We talk more about death than we do in other times. So today we're going to talk about dying. Tell your neighbor we're talking about dying. Talking about dying. Now, this is not a new sermon. We've all talked about dying before, amen? But we're going to talk about dying. So my first question to you is, what do you think about dying? Anybody? Now, wait till Walter brings the mic, y'all. We've got people on, on the line that need to hear you. So this is Joe McIntosh speaking. Yep, it's something that we all have to face. Death is something we all have to face. All right, Walter's making his way around the sanctuary for us today. Okay, Cindy speaking death, now. Death has been defeated. Jesus has already conquered it. Death has been defeated, she says, yeah. and Jesus yeah. is our comforter. Amen. Pastor Toby. When it's time for me, I'm ready for Jesus, and that's good. All right. Amen. This was Tony speaking. Tony said when it's Let time for him, he knows he is ready for Jesus. Is that Larry? Yes. And Larry and Jackie are going to be celebrating a wedding anniversary this week. Praise God. Yes, happy, happy anniversary. anniversary. Happy Amen. <laughs> Death is just the beginning of life, if, you, if you're a believer. Death is the beginning of life if you are a believer. Amen. You got any more comments? 
right. I hope those of you who are at home, you can type in your comment. We'll read it, too. <laughs> Talking about death is not easy. Thinking about death is not easy, either. It's a tough question to begin with. How do we think about death? What do we believe about death? Some people honestly think they're going to live forever, don't they? Anybody in here, do you think you're going to live forever? Okay, Gail does. <laughs> does anybody want to live forever? <laughs> Some people. If it's like this, I don't want to live forever. <laughs> but we are not going to live forever. I think you said it, Joe, right? It's something all of us will face. Every single human, regardless of our situation in life, we are going to face death, right? Not one of us is exempt. Not one of us. We will all face death, each and every one of us. There is not one human on this planet that can say they can avoid death. If they had, they would, be, they would have all the money in the world because we would all give it to them, right? Some of us are afraid to even talk about death. Anybody afraid to even bring up the conversation because you feel like you're going to jinx yourself or something? You don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> death is very scary. We do a lot of things to avoid thinking about it. We do a lot of things to avoid talking about it. And we do a lot of things to prevent it. There are so many medical interventions simply to try to keep us alive and living longer. Y'all remember back in the day when people didn't used to live as long as they live now? It was rare to have someone that lived to be in their 100s or their 90s. And now we are having people live these long, amazing lives. Tell your, tell your neighbor, you're still going to die. <laughs> so we're afraid to talk about death. We don't want to think about death. Some people think they're too young to die. Young people will think all the time, young people don't die. How many of you all can agree, agree that young people die? <laughs> young Age does not matter. Death is not discriminate. It goes after everybody. It's something every single person needs to consider. So now that I've brought us all down by talking about death, when I'm supposed to be lifting us up, but when we think about death and dying, it helps us to focus on how are we living. When we think about how we can die or that we're going to die, we have a choice to live and to live a certain way. Have you ever heard that statement of living every day like it's your last day? Living every day is your last day. If I told you right now today was your last day, what would you do today? Some people say they would pray. Try to do everything you want to do, right? You want to call some people and say goodbye, maybe? You want to, uh, you wouldn't pay no bills, I don't think. <laughs> I wanna. Some of y'all are into your bank accounts, and you will go get the best steak dinner you can get, or you might go, you know, 
to that car lot and pretend like you can afford that expensive car and drive it around. (laughs) Some of you might, you know, go spend some time with a loved one, or some of you might even apologize. How many of you all would take the time and just sit and ask for God's forgiveness? (laughs) I want to get my soul right before I, if I know I'm dying. So every single one of us are faced with the reality of our mortality. I wasn't trying to rhyme, but it is. We are faced with the reality of our mortality every single day. And if we think about our death, it changes the way we live. It impacts the way we live. I said earlier, right now, the world is actually counting every person that is dying. How many of you all know that it was people dying before the coronavirus? How many of you all know it's going to be people who die after the coronavirus? But for some reason right now, people are actively counting death, counting how many people die. I don't know why they're doing it, but they are doing it, and they're announcing it to the world. Another one died today. Well, we could have said that two, three months ago. Another one died today. Because every single day, somebody dies. In America, in fact, every 12 seconds, somebody dies. Every 12 seconds. I'm not good at math, but, I mean, in the the next minute or so, how many people would that be, y'all math majors? Five? (laughs) Five people would die. Five people. That's a lot of people, isn't it? So we know we're going to die. What actually happens at that moment of death? Friday. 
What's Good Friday? The day they crucified Jesus, right? Why is it called Good Friday? Because that's the good news, right, David? He died for us. What you got to say, Hassan? Say it again so we can all hear it. He paid off the sin debt. Jesus paid off the sin for all of us. That's what was good that day, right? But in order for us to get that gift of salvation, what had to happen first? Jesus had to die. We had to deal with the reality of his death. Jesus had to die. On Good Friday, he died so that we can live. Our scripture today is about a man named Lazarus. And Lazarus died. Lazarus was Mary and Martha's brother. We don't know about Laz- a lot about Lazarus' life before he died. And we don't know a lot about it after he was risen from the dead. What we do know are that he died. His sisters were devastated because Jesus was a long way away. And his sister said, if you had been here, if you had been here, your brother would not have died. The scripture tells us that Jesus saw their weeping, he saw their mourning, and he had compassion. So much so that it is the one time in scripture that it says Jesus did what? Jesus wept. That's the scripture everybody knows. You don't even have to be Christian to know that scripture. Jesus wept. He had a compassion, a love, not just for Lazarus, but for the suffering of humanity. He looked at all of the people in front of him, and he saw their suffering. He saw what death does to people. Death is debilitating to us. And he looked at us, and he saw that we needed compassion. So what did scripture say Jesus did? What did Jesus do? His sisters, Mary and Martha, are crying. Lazarus is in the tomb. The stone is in front of the tomb. He has been dead for several days. His body even stinks. His sister says, you know, he's been dead for a few days. Jesus tells them, move the stone. How many of you all would have moved that stone? I know I've been like, uh, Jesus, he did. <laughs> Why are we moving the stone? That is like going to a grave site after you have completely buried the casket. You put the dirt on top. Then Jesus comes by and says, move all the dirt and bring the casket back up. So Jesus says, move the stone. Now, back then, they would take the body, they would wrap the body in linen. So, Lazarus is dead in the tomb. He is dead, dead. Say dead, dead. He is not, you know, he just died a moment ago. Maybe he was kind of dead. He is dead. He is inside the tomb when Jesus simply says what? Come forth. Get up. Come out of there. 
And what happens? Lazarus gets up. He comes out of the tomb. I mean, even the bandages are still on him, and they're falling off of him. Lazarus has been raised from the dead. He has been raised from the dead. And people are astonished. And Jesus says, before all of this happens, he says a prayer. He speaks a prayer, and he says, I know that you can do this, but I'm, doing, I'm saying this out loud as proof so everybody that is around me can bear witness. He is allowing us to bear witness, saints, that when we die, it's not permanent. He is allowing us to bear witness that he is the giver of life. He is the giver of life. Even when you have been dead and broken and downtrodden, Jesus can raise you up from any circumstance in your life. Any circumstance Jesus can raise you up from. If we look at Ezekiel, the prophet is standing there and it is dry bones. And the Lord says, if you would just speak to the bones, just speak to the bones. You can bring flesh upon these bones. And so the prophet speaks the words of God, and all of a sudden, there's flesh on the bones. But guess what? The body was still laying there. There was no breath in the body. Until God speaks the word and speaks the breath, the ruah, into us, we have no life. The Spirit of God is what is inside of us, saints. Lazarus was dead, and he had been given a second opportunity at life. Many of us have been taught or we hear in the world that when we die, we turn to dust. We become some sort of energy source or light. We become a part of the greater, eternal, whatever, the, the stars and all of those things. Have you all heard those things before? We get reincarnated. We've heard all of those things, right? But are they true? Are they true? The bigger question is, do you want to take the risk? You believe you're going to be dust? And you go, if you go through your entire life thinking, I'm just going to be dust. And you die? And wake up. You still want that belief? You want to be the light? Do you want to take the risk? You know, I've heard people say things like, we don't have real witness or real proof of what's on the other side. No one has ever really died and come back to life and told us what's going to happen. Have you all ever heard people say something like that? But they're wrong, aren't they? Because people have died and come back to life. Ten times alone in the Bible, people have died and come back to life. Y'all are looking at me like, ten times? Yes, ten times in the Bible, people came back to life. In the book of First Kings, the prophet Elijah, it was a widow. Her son was sick. And Elijah brought him. He had died, and Elijah laid his body on top of him, and Elijah 
Ezra brought him back to life. He spoke a word, and he came back to life. Then Elisha, with the S, he did the same thing in the book of 2 Kings. A boy, he was complaining of a simple headache. He died right there on the spot. He just died. His mother ran all the way to Mount Carmel. She tapped Elisha on the shoulder and said, oh, my son died. Elisha ran all the way back, and he laid his body on top of this boy. It says mouth to mouth, hand to hand, and the boy came back to life. There's so many examples. There's Jarius' daughter that was brought back to life. There's the saints in Jerusalem. When Jesus died on the cross, you guys, it's a real small story in the Bible that no one ever pays attention to. But when Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake. Graves opened up, and the people, the saints that had believed, rose up and walked around and were alive. Think about this, saints. So many times, even in the book of Acts, it was a young boy. He was sitting on a windowsill, and he fell out the window onto the ground outside, and he died. The apostle Paul ran outside, threw himself on top of this man's body, and this man was brought back to life. But those are only examples in the Bible. There are people alive walking around on our planet right now that have died, all the way died, and came back to life. We know them as near-death experiences. I've talked about near-death experiences before. When someone has died and gone through these near-death experiences, every single time they come back changed. They come back different. They come back refusing to live life as they used to live their lives. People who were atheists have died and come back to life and said, oh, I'm no longer an atheist. I believe completely. People who were agnostic died and said, oh, got to change that. Something, is, something does occur after we die. All religions, both genders, all colors, all nationalities, people have had death, I mean, been gone under the water, dead, and came back to life. And their testimony is, I was dead, now I am alive, and there is something on the other side. This is our choice, saints. In all of those situations, when people have died, and they've been resurrected, whether it was in the Bible or outside of the Bible. People had a choice. Tell your neighbor you have a choice. The choice was you either believe or you don't believe. You either believe that there is something afterward or you don't believe that there is something afterward. Your choice and your decision changes your entire destiny. And I told you all, this is not a new message. We've all heard this before. Why am I bringing it up right now? Because the whole world is thinking about death. The whole world is thinking about I could die today. We are given an opportunity to thank 
people are worried about dying. They're telling you, I don't want to go outside. I might get corona. I don't want to go to the grocery store. They might sneeze on me. We got senior hours. When do we get senior hours at the grocery store? We got senior hours. I am not discouraging you from being safe. Y'all know I'm a, I don't like germs. Be safe. But it's an opportunity. Tell your neighbor it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for all of us to start talking to people about what happens after they die. Because you can say, you know what, you might get that corona and you might die. What's going to happen after? You might say, you, you know what, you might not get corona. But guess what? You're still going to die. What's going to happen after? This is the greatest opportunity the whole world has stopped. People are at home doing absolutely nothing but waiting for a phone call for somebody to talk to. Call your friend. Call that one up that never wanted to talk about Jesus before. Call that one relative. Terrence had me dying laughing. He was telling me that even the criminals, y'all know he's a police officer, he was like, crime has gone down in his city 21%. Even the criminals are staying in the house right now. We got a chance, y'all. <laughs> if the Lord can bring around a calamity that caused everybody to sit at home, nobody's going to the mall, nobody's going to the movie, nobody's got a game to go to, nobody's distracted. <laughs> this is our chance. Tell your neighbor, this is your chance. This is our chance to talk to people. They don't have nowhere to go. They cannot get away from us. <laughs> Call people. Encourage them. Talk to them about Jesus Christ. Say to them, you know what? Even though we all going to experience that physical death, all of us got to experience a spiritual death too. We have to die to self. We have to die to our way of thinking. We have to die to our way of living. We have to die to our way of being. The old way is no more. We can tell them, you know what? I may have been walking around and I may have looked alive, but really inside I was dead. How do I know I was dead? Because the choices I was making. Look at my life. I was sleeping with everybody I wanted to sleep with. I was drinking and drugging and doing all this other stuff. Everything that was not helping me be closer to Christ. Every one of us have a testimony about how we was dead. And because of our belief in Jesus Christ, now we are alive. And we can share that testimony with so many people. When we come out of this whole corona situation, saints, I want us to be different. Tell your neighbor, I want to be different. I want to be different. We have been helping each other. We have been calling each other. We have been looking out for each other. We have been doing things with each other that we haven't done in years. And this is stuff we should have been doing, right? 
We should have been checking on our neighbors a long time ago, not just during Corona. We should have been calling people a long time ago, right? Some of us have even stopped having arguments. Praise God. Think about it. One of my prayers, because y'all think we tired of hearing about Corona. Remember before Corona, all we heard was about politics. Oh, my God. See, Tony, keep, keep, keep Tony, stay focused. <laughs> no name calling. <laughs> the conversation was different just a month ago. And I was tired of that conversation because the politics had divided us. The politics had stopped people from talking to other people. The politics had prevented people from even wanting to go to church with each other. Guess what? God changed that conversation, didn't he? He made sure we had to sit at home and talk to each other, didn't he? He put death right in our face and said, you keep on acting up. Keep on. Keep on getting all distracted by politics. (laughs) He made sure that people who had thought they could never talk to each other again, guess what? They talking to each other. Because when you put death in front of people's faces, our reality changes. We realize what is important and what is not important, saints. We realize what is important and what is not important. We realize that we can use what we have, what we have, to really make a difference in this world. That is what God is doing. He is shaking us up. Tell your neighbor, God is shaking us up. He is shaking us up. He has the whole world sitting at a standstill so that we can all look up and realize we need Jesus. So we can all look up and realize that today is not the last day. This is not our home. We say that all the time, don't we? This is not our home. This is not our final destination. We have a life that is with Christ. But there is a choice that we need to make in order to get that life with Jesus Christ. I don't want to take the risk of not believing. And I pray today that you don't want to take the risk of not believing. Some people will still say, but Pastor Kelly, I just need some proof. God has stopped the whole world. And people will still say, I need proof. God has closed down the movie theater, the basketball arena. The only thing open is the grocery store, a hospital, and the church. (laughs) God has closed the whole world, and we still need proof. And he did that in a heartbeat. We woke up, we went to sleep one day, and we woke up, and we couldn't go nowhere. And people say, but I need proof that there's a God. If this is not proof enough, there's another proof that we carry with us every single day. Most of us don't think about it. You see, when we die, our body will lay there. 
something will be absent from that body that gives us life. You see, no matter how many heart compressions and electricity I give to the dead body, it will not rise again. What is missing in that dead body? Your spirit or your soul. Your soul. Once that's gone, doesn't matter what we do to this physical body. Unless Jesus commands your soul back into your body, that body will not rise again. Every single person has a soul. You need proof? It's right inside of you. It's with you every day, all day. Monday through Sunday, you have your soul with you, your spirit with you, your connection with God. It's with you all the time. And how you choose to live in this physical body determines how your soul will live outside of your body. Do you want to stand in glory? That's our chance, standing in glory. Or do you want to get that glimpse of glory and say, oh, man, I made the wrong choice. I'm not going to glory. You see, every single one of us will meet God. Tell your neighbor, you're going to see God. Every single one of us, we're going to see God. Y'all, I ask that question, what happens when you die? And you open your eyes, standing right there, you and God. Every single one of us will meet God. The real question is, what's God going to say when he meets you? Well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me. I don't know you. We get to choose. Amen? And amen, let us pray. Gracious God, you are so good and awesome and amazing. And we thank you, Lord, that even in this season, even in this season of life, Lord, you are showing your power. You are showing your might. You are showing your love. Gracious God, there are those today that are afflicted with this disease. And Lord Jesus, we know that with one word, you can heal. And we pray, Lord, for healing. We pray for the cures, the, the, vaccines, the vaccines, and all those things that you can provide to make our world restart. We pray, Holy Spirit, that in this time of sitting still and knowing that you are God, that we will use the opportunity to talk to people, to encourage people, to remind people that there is a life after this life and they need to choose you in order to get that life we thank you and we honor you in the mighty name of jesus christ we pray and all your people said amen and amen amen let's give god praise amen thank you pastor kelly hallelujah for that challenging message amen.